All right. No intro, just a show. Um, hello, folks. Long time no talk. Um, I am fresh out of Oppenheimer, and I wanted to talk about it, so that's what I'm doing. Um, I feel like I've been letting perfect be the enemy of good, which is why I haven't really kept up with the pod. I know I need to be out here recording more and getting these takes out, but I don't know. Something's been holding me back, and I don't think I really like the theme music. I mean, I like the music, but I don't think it really fits me. I feel like the flow of the pod, I don't know, didn't feel like me. So I feel like it feels like I'm clocking into somebody else's job when it's my podcast. So I'm taking a alternate route this time. I'm just going to hop on here, start talking. So... If you're listening, it's either because you're just a big movie nerd and you want to hear random people's takes about Oppenheimer, or you've heard previous episodes of the pod and you're interested in my take, or I kept doing this, the podcast got super successful and you are listening to the back catalog. So... Hello, whoever you may be, future person. Um, But yeah, I'm here to talk about Oppenheimer because I need to get my movie fix out. You know, I like talking about movies and letterboxed ain't cutting it. You know, Facebook reviews just don't, you know, scratch that itch. I feel like I need to deep dive and square all my thoughts out. So that's what this is for. It's basically like a Diary entry, a long form letterbox diary entry where you can hear the tone of my voice and understand what it is I'm really trying to say. So thanks for listening. Um, so where to start? Um, I don't know. It took me about a half an hour to get here from the movie theater. So like, I really want to get like a, a car set up where I can just sit in the parking lot and pod because it feels less fresh now. I'm just so mixed up on how I'm feeling and I don't know. Like I'm a I'm a Christopher Nolan fan, you know, obviously. Like I don't know much about Oppenheimer. You know, I don't the atomic bomb doesn't affect my life on a day to day, you know. Um I learned about it in high school, whatever, you know, so it's just it's just history to me, you know, so it wasn't just like, I'm a, ooh, you know, I'm a big Oppenheimer guy. I got to go out and see this, you know, I'm, I'm here because Christopher Nolan made it, you know? Um, so I don't know. I'm, I think I need to think of this more as a biopic than the movie, you know? Um, I don't know. What's the uh, Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox movie? You know, I think since that came out, everyone, says the same thing, you know, that, that killed biopics, you know? So I guess my review, cause I'm, I'm gonna do it. Like I always do. I'm gonna do a spoiler free portion. Then I'm gonna hop into spoilers, but I don't, I mean, it's weird to say about a biopic, but yeah. So spoiler free, just general thoughts. I feel like everyone's saying 
Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story ruined biopics. I feel like Christopher Nolan took that as a personal challenge. <laughs> you know, it, um, I don't know. It was, it was fantastic, but also like, it was a lot, you know, I don't know. I think if I'm giving it a star rating right now, it's three stars, but it just feels unfair for how exceptional the movie I just saw is, you know, um, that's why I didn't want to do letterbox. Cause I feel like I have to rate it three stars based on how I feel right now, but also deserves more than three stars, you know? So I feel like I got to fully flesh my feelings out before I can letterbox it out. Also letterbox. I'm sir. S I R look me up, follow me, you know, I have good takes. I have the best takes. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Just spoiler free. Um, it really felt like two movies. I mean, it was three hours long, so, you know, it's a lot of space to fit a bunch of stuff into, but... I don't know. Um, initially, I felt like I was watching the story of the atomic bomb, you know? Um, I mean, that's what all the, the trailers and all the marketing is just, it's all about the bomb. It's all about explosions. And, oh my God, no CGI, blah, 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 you know? But watching the movie, I feel like it took a turn where it really just felt more biopicy. You know, um, I can only say that pejoratively, you know, especially in hindsight, you know, I just, yeah. Okay. I really got to get into spoilers to kind of thought my thoughts out on this, but I'm only what six minutes in. So it's going to be a 15 minute episode, but, uh, so spoiler free thoughts. Um, it was a really good biopic. But I hate to say it, if they would have, if Christopher Nolan would have cut an hour out, it would have been a very good biopic. But because that other hour is in there, it's a very good biopic mixed with half of a Christopher Nolan movie, if that makes sense. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just really mixed up. This is probably never going out because it's such a, a nothing burger of a podcast so far, but it's only held seven minutes long. So you've wasted your time on worse. Um, let's talk about IMAX. I saw it in IMAX. I saw it in one of the 19 true IMAX screens in the United States, which is dope. You know, they had a whole speech about that beforehand and, that's where I go to see all my IMAX movies. I live in Dallas, so there's only one out here. So if you know um, the area, you know where I went. Um, you know, I want to see an opening night because Christopher Nolan, you know, I want to support stuff like this. I couldn't care less about Barbie, so I'm not going to go see that. But, you know, the man-made Interstellar, man-made Tenet, you know, Inception, you know, you got you to gotta go see his stuff because people that care about movies care about this type of stuff, you know, I don't think this is going to make mission impossible money, but 
I hope people go see it so stuff like this gets made. You know, what's the budget? Um, I don't know. Oppenheimer. Hold on. Give me a second. It's beautiful podcasting. I'm going to look at the budget. $100 million, which is honestly, you know, not bad. <laughs> That's crazy that $100 million is bad, but you know. Mission Impossible cost three hundred, but I mean, you saw the three hundred on the screen. So to say it cost a hundred million dollars for a biopic is, you know. But anyway, um, it, the IMAX nisticity, um, honestly, I wasn't impressed, which is crazy to say, because again, it was true IMAX. It's five stories tall. It's a gigantic screen, but. It's it's a biopic, you know. It's not Inception. It's not um, even Tenet, you know, had the action scenes or whatever. But this is really just like uh, rooms, people talking, you know. And of course, there is the explosions, but it really showed the limitations, you know, because. It's like, um, I don't know, like watching a 1080p film on a 4K TV, you see the pixels, you know, and when an explosion shot in the forest of K's is blown up five feet, and I don't think these theaters are 4K, but even if they are, it's like you can see the pixels, you know, and it's like, yes, the explosion is impressive, but I don't feel immersed because... I see the pixels, you know, and that's, I don't know, such a weird complaint to make, but I feel like we're just not there yet in cinema. You know, I don't feel like we're at the place where, oh, actually, let me, let, let me rephrase. Gemini man is there, <laughs> you know, Ang Lee's Gemini man from what, a couple years ago, like that felt like I'm looking at a thing, but even I saw it in, um, I don't know. I don't even remember the frame rate, but it wasn't the, the true frame rate because there's only like six theaters in the world where it could actually be shown the way like Ang Lee filmed it, which is, what's the point, you know? Um, I get it as a technical achievement, but it's like if, if I can't watch it without flying to LA and watching it at, you know, Sinopolis or whatever, you know, what's, what's the point, you know? So I say all that to say the IMAX was truly impressive. It was gigantic screen, which I loved, but it just didn't, I don't know. I wasn't as immersed and I wasn't as blown away as I felt like he intended me to be, you know. But Florence Pugh got naked, and that is a beautiful white woman. And seeing her new, you know, five stories tall was worth the price of admission itself. So there's that. Um, I don't know, but seriously speaking, it just... I don't know. I just, I'm impressed at the movie, but I don't know if this is the cinematic, um, you know, uh, blockbuster or whatever that it's been marketed as, as, and I don't, I don't know if it's worthy of the Christopher Nolan name, you know? Um, I thought it was really good. And interesting, but I don't feel like this is a blockbuster. I don't feel like visually it did anything new. I don't feel like 
story-wise, it did anything new. I feel like it mixed in basically three different timelines, but that's kind of been done before. You know, I just, I'm glad it was made and I'm glad I saw it, but I don't know that, you know, this was an Avatar 2 where you got to go see it in theater six times. You know, it wasn't, you know, impressive because it's technical because of its technological achievements, it's just an interesting movie, you know? And I don't know, for some reason, that's disappointing. Hmm. See, I'm glad I'm fleshing my thoughts out. But uh, Ludwig Gordonson made the music, which I'm a fan of because I know him through the Childish Gambino stuff and I like Childish Gambino back when he was still Childish Gambino. So obviously I'm a big fan of Ludwig, but the score, it felt, um, I don't even, I'm going to have to look this up, but the song, not the song, but the music, um, it's like the melody of daylight or something like that. The, um, goodness, let's see. Daylight score. That should get me there. Uh, On the Nature of Daylight by Max Richter, which is fucking, that is a phenomenal piece of music. Beethoven is not fucking with On the Nature of Daylight by Max Richter. If you, if you've heard it, once you hear it, you know, you've heard it before. And it's, it's, a, it's, it's a jam, you know, it's, it's just beautiful piece of music. But anyway, I say that to say Oppenheimer's score, like kind of reminded me of it. Maybe because I just, you know, listened to it recently, but I don't know. It just wasn't nothing about this movie is just like overly impressive other than the fact that it was made by Christopher Nolan, which I don't know. And the cast was bananas. Every, you know, famous face in there. I, I had no idea Robert Downey Jr. was even in this, you know, which is, I don't know. I didn't watch the trailer because once I decide I'm going to see a movie, I don't want to see the trailer, but this cast list is bananas. There's so many famous faces in here. I, mean, I guess anybody who says, Hey, I want, you know, uh, I want to work with Christopher Nolan. So any phone call he makes is going to get picked up, but I don't know. Just looking at this cast list. It's crazy. Oh, Josh Hartness. Nice to see him again. I still watch 40 days and 40 nights, like once a year. Um, but yeah, I mean, famous faces, but, um, I don't know. Wait, famous White face is not how I think of it. There's not a black person in it. I know it's the nineteen forties or whatever, but it's disappointing in hindsight, but I'll let it slide because it's a movie about, you know, the forties and the atomic bombs. So there's not a whole lot of black people around, but you could have thrown one in there for shits and giggles for me. But anyway, um yeah, so let me just move on to spoilers. Um I have no idea who's listening to this at this point because it's fifteen minutes of rambling, but um Okay, from this point forward, spoilers for Oppenheimer. Um, so, I don't know how to even describe this. Um, if you, I guess I'm just going to talk as if you've seen the movie. You know, it's three sections, really. It's the beginning section when Oppenheimer's kind of coming up and, you know, actually building the bomb Manhattan Project era. And then there's Robert Downey Jr. and 
um, the Senate hearing era. And then there's Robert Oppenheimer in the uh, what ends up being the uh, uh, secret clearance like trial era, you know, and I like, you know, I like the Christopher Nolan of it where you don't really know what's going on until later and you kind of find out what's all being weaved together. But honestly, the ending was the least successful part for me because it felt like it was all being weaved up to like a Scooby-Doo mask reveal moment. Like, you know, uh, what's the word? Uh, Steven Sondheim, um, Ocean's Eleven moment when you realize, you know, he was playing this all along. You know, I feel like that was kind of implied, but it was said, which is like, did they cut out 10 minutes of the movie? I, I don't know. It just didn't land where I wanted it to land, you know? Um, yeah. I think overall, I just, I feel knowledgeable. I feel. It was really interesting to see this play out. You know, it's a momentous moment in history and, you know, you feel kind of like, um, uh, what's the guy, my favorite writer, da, 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 six, not six, it's West Wing. Uh, I'm not cutting this out because I'm just going to put it up as is because it's three o'clock in the morning. I don't feel like editing. Who wrote the West Wing? Aaron Sorkin. Um, it feels like an Aaron Sorkin type deal where you take a momentous moment in history or whatever and just kind of pick a lane to write about it and kind of focus on the lane. So I feel like this trial, I, like, I, again, I, have nothing, I know nothing about any of this, but I assume this trial happened because of the way the movie played it out. And I assume all this behind, you know, behind the closed door stuff happened because of the way it was written. But also like if you're going to make a fictional story out of it, then go all the way, you know, give me that reveal. Give me that mask pull moment. Give me that hurrah moment, you know, give me something to cheer about in the theater. Um, I don't know. It just kind of landed anticlimactically and for a movie about atomic bombs it's not great you know then speaking of the bombs the only bomb they really showed in the movie was the testing they just kind of talked about the um atomic bombs happening you know you didn't actually get to see them which you know i don't know i guess it's kind of dark to show you know an actual event where tens of thousands of people died, but you know, with all the marketing that kind of led me to believe that that's what I would see, you know? And I think they, they said that, you know, this is the most realistic depiction of a bomb exploding or something. I didn't, you know, I guess, <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I'm 20 minutes in. I think I'm about to wrap this up because I don't know. The more I talk, the more disappointed in it I am. But when I was in the theater, I'm just, I was excited. You know, I was cheering. I was, well, I wasn't cheering, but you know, I was 
emotionally connected to the story, you know, and I thought this was very well done. And as far as biopics go, you know, I think this brings biopics back into the light. You know, it bring it makes biopics something viable again. You know, it, it doesn't follow the same path that the Dewey Cox, you know, walk hard story does. So, I mean, I think people can tackle them again. You know, I don't know how they're going to do it with no writers, you know, see you guys in two years when we have writers again, but I don't know, man. I just, the more I sit on it, I wish this was just a Christopher Nolan movie. I feel like he was challenging himself to make a biopic. And I feel like he, he doesn't have anybody in his ear telling him no, because he's Christopher fucking Nolan. You know, I think, you know, 10 years from now, they come out with a director's cut where they cut out a bunch of stuff. And I think that's going to be an amazing biopic, but I think that's the best it'll be. You know, it's just a good biopic. You know, we've seen good biopics before. So I just don't know that this transcends movie history to become something great, you know? So I don't know. So that's my thoughts on Oppenheimer. Probably going to talk about this later more coherently. I'm probably going to write a longer form post about it on Facebook or Letterboxd, but I feel like I just need to get that out, clarify my thoughts and whatnot. So this is going to be a 20-minute rant episode, My Movie Fix Pod, but hey, I just got my fix. I don't think I'm going to have intro or outro music. I think I'm just going to talk. So if you listen this far, send me an email, mymoviefix at gmail.com. Let me know why. <laughs> Let me know why. Even if this is 10 years down the line, you're just randomly stumbling upon this and you decided to listen to this whole thing, shoot me an email. Let me know why. I'm very curious to know why. Thank you. You allow me to get my thoughts out. This is, um, I feel like I, I got takes that need taking. I'm glad I have a place to let those takes out. So. This has been my Movie Fix podcast, and I just got my fix. See you next time.